My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Adiola Depot here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're here every single Tuesday live on TalkSport to myself and the great Gareth A. Davis. If you can't join us live, remember to subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel. So much other great content there as well, such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and even the Mike Tyson story, The Boy from Brownsville. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. If you love your boxing and your MMA, then this is the show for you, Fight Night Extra, where myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis, uh, we discuss all the latest from the world of combat sports. Today, busy, busy show, we're going to get stuck into the heavyweight division. Just how close are we to seeing a rematch announcement between AJ and Alexander Usyk? We'll also talk about Joshua's decision to leave Sky and sign up with the Zone. Remember, nearly nine years of Sky Sports. Has Tyson Fury made a U-turn on his retirement decision? We'll hear from the Gypsy King a little later, he spoke with TalkSport earlier this morning. We're also going to hear from Richard Riappour after he dismantled Fabio Turchi on Saturday night to put himself in the mix now for a world title shot in the cruiserweight division. And we'll be looking ahead to a big, big light heavyweight fight this weekend between Artur Berterbiev and Joe Smith. Plus, we'll squeeze in a bit of MMA too. Our Fiona Janjajic called it a day following her defeat at the weekend. Look, don't go anywhere. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Billy. It's go and get half a Billy and then the Gypsy King will come out and solve all these problems for him. Joshua raises his eyebrows as much as to say, I think I've done enough. I think I've won it. Thank goodness uh, the paperwork is taken care of and I don't have to say to you two weeks, you'll hear it as early as the beginning of next week there'll be an official announcement. I want everybody, I want everybody. I'm, I'm, I believe in myself. I reckon I can knock out every single fight out there, every champion. And the Kevin the fight is over. He Ten. just told the commissioner, that's it. Stop the fight. We are done. And that is a KO victory for Joe Smith Jr. I'm retired, guys. I love you so much. Thank you for the support. UFC, it's been 20 years. I'm turning 35 this year. I want to be a mom. I want to be a businesswoman. I appreciate you all. I love you guys. 
Good evening, my old pal, Mr. Davis. How are you, sir? Very well indeed. And like you say, there is so much going on and so much to get through and, and a little bit hanging in the air, I'd say, in the heavyweight division right now. Indeed. I don't even know where to start because there were so many fights on the weekend. Um, I was in California to see Jaime Munguia versus uh, Jimmy Kelly. We'll, we'll park that one because it was almost a, a, a non-event, really. So we'll move on from that one. Let's start with Daniel Dubois very quickly. Um, obviously, it's the new WBA regular heavyweight title for every stock you want to put in that title. He fought Trevor Bryan in front of, it looked like a man and his dog, um, if I'm honest with you, in Miami. Um, what I will say, though, Don King did an interview with BT Sports after, and Don King, what is he, 1991? He must be the sharpest 1991-year-old I've ever seen in my life, Don King. Yeah, I mean, he's got an incredible storied history in the sport, let alone in his life, Addy. And, uh, you know, Trevor Bryan was his last fighter in many ways, so it was a bit mm. of a a damp squib on the way he went out in many ways. But look, he, I remember times interviewing Don King years and years back where you literally asked him one question, you got a 20-minute answer. You think, <laughs> I get a, a, a long answer to your question sometimes. He would just went, go on and mix his metaphors and his anecdotes and talk about Churchill. And, <laughs> um, as Larry Holmes you know, said to me, Don was just, you know, he'd sell the hair off his grandmother's head. He's that kind of guy, you know? Um but um, look, it's, it's, it was great to see him there. It's a shame. I, th I don't think Frank Warren was there. No. The old rivals together. Um, and I think it was a weird event in many ways because um, Trevor Bryan is clearly not world class. Um, yeah. And uh, he, he was just bossed by Daniel Dubois. And, the, the, you know, the, well, the, it was the, the inevitable came. I, I'm surprised it actually lasted, what was it, four rounds? I thought it was yeah. going to be six. But Bryan didn't seem to have it in him. I didn't, you know, he, he seemed like a man who'd, who'd taken a, uh, taken a numbing pill in many ways. You know, if he was defending his WBA regular title, mm. he, I, I think he almost just gave it up. I mean, yeah, I know he yeah. tried his hardest. There's no question about that, but different levels. And I think it showed on Saturday night. It certainly did. You wouldn't, I mean, you wouldn't even know if Trevor Bryan was an area level type fighter. If I'm honest with you, he looked really, really poor. What, one thing that I, I guess, I will question, and you might know a bit more about this than I do. Obviously, Don King won the purse bid. I think it was with $3 million or something. It was a huge purse bid. Um, where's that money coming from? Because it was on pay-per-view. Let's, let's be real. It, not more than a few thousand going to buy that. There was barely anyone in the arena. I mean, I, I have no idea where the money's going to come from to pay Daniel Dubois and Trevor Bryan. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It, it doesn't make a lot of business sense. Like you say, it looked like there were about a thousand people in the arena in Miami. Maybe, you know, maybe a couple more than that. But, you know, it wasn't a great crowd. It was very sparse on the TV. Um, it was a very low-key type of event. Mm. And it, it wasn't a big block, block, blockbuster fight. So, yeah, how he came up with three million for the, for the purse bid, that's just down to him. Yeah. Um, I imagine both men got paid very well for it. Yeah. Um, but it's look, when we said it last week, all it did was was put Daniel Dubois, another W on the record and put him in the waiting room for the heavyweight division. Now, see, is he sitting in the waiting room? He certainly is. And we'll talk about that waiting room a bit later when we uh, try and dissect that fight a bit more later on. Uh, Rich Riappol, good win for him. Destroyed Fabio Turchi with a wonderful left hook to the body. Um, he wants a world title shot next. Before we ask if we are going to see that with Richard Riappol, this is what he had to say when he was on uh, Simon Jordan and Jim White yesterday. Um, he said he will face any fighter out there. 
I want everybody. I want everybody. I'm, I'm, I believe in myself. I reckon I can knock out every single fight out there, every champion. I just need to be very intelligent with uh, preparation and um, find the right opportunity. Once I land that shot, it's, it's over. And um, I just need to have a sit down with my team. It's quite fresh. We haven't spoke yet and uh, see what's next. Yeah, see what's next indeed. I mean, look, the one I want is Lawrence Okoli. I think everyone wants that. Financially, I don't know if, you know, if they can put together enough, a big enough package without a world title to kind of lure Okoli into that. They've spoken about Makabu. I know the Salons have said, okay, look, Bradis is there if you want that. Do you think Ben Shalom can deliver him a world title shot next? Yeah, and I think I think the guy, the guy to go for is Lumba Makabu. He's been here before. He fought Tony Bellew. Mm-hmm. Um, we know what he's got. He's an aggressive, come forward southpaw, and I think he's a very good opponent, very good matchup for Richard Riakpour. And I completely agree with you, Addy. Uh, I think if Riakpour holds a world title, then it's a big fight in London, probably the O2 Arena. You can really sell that fight against Lawrence Coley. I think it works as a unification. Um, I'm sure Eddie Hearn's pushing hard for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you don't, like you say, the, the Wasserman group have got, or the or Sauland brothers have got Maris Bradis is another opponent out there. He has a lot more experience, I think, than, um, well, not necessarily more experience than Lumbacaba, but the style is tougher. That's a hard fight for but, Free but Apple, yeah. it, it is, but I think, I think, I don't know. I, I was a little bit disappointed in Turchi. Um, I know he came forward and he, he battled his way through and tried to get in on, Richard's chest, but Richard was very patient, looked very good. He kept him behind the jab and he did all the right things. And I think he is maturing now into a very decent fighter. It's still, what is it, 15 fights, 11 stoppages, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's ready. Um, and, you know, he's not young either. It's not like he's got loads of miles on the clock, but I think it is time to step him up. Um, mm-hmm. And I hope they do so. Yeah, I hope they do as well. You mentioned, you know, he has to go now. He is 32. So it is now or never. So maybe even if it is a braid issue, maybe just roll the dice on it because these world title cracks don't come around too often. Uh, let's talk uh, AJ Usyk. Obviously, let's talk about the big news with AJ first signing this mega deal with the zone. Uh, what can you tell us about the deal? Obviously, this was the holdup in terms of announcing the Usyk AJ2 fight. Fingers crossed this is the final hurdle now. What can you tell us a bit more about this contract? Gareth? Well, my understanding is that obviously AJ signed a, I think it's a pretty much a five-year multi-fight deal, maybe up to 10 fights, you know. Um, you know, we'd love to see him and Deontay Wilder in the uh, chaos in Lagos. Yeah, hey, I'm, copy- I'm copywriting that. Let me do it now. Uh, I've, been, I've been pushing it out there myself. <laughs> and need to patient it. Um, and um, look, I mean, he's announced that with zone. I think that was... Uh, you know, it was put out in a strange way earlier in the week. Um, you know, for me, they should have had a big press conference, announced everything together. But obviously, it's come out piecemeal. It was it was one of the worst kept secrets in boxing. I was writing about it last Friday, even. Mm. Um, you know, and I know that Dazone are going to try and go out on a limb and try and get the fight for Joshua against Fury, whether he wins or loses against Dusik. By the way, yeah. yeah. So that's fascinating in itself. Um, but it emerged last night that. The $120 million bid tabled by the Saudi consortium, we believe part of their government as well, uh, have got control of the TV rights. So it could just open the door in the next couple of days if they don't tie this up properly. I understand it, it isn't necessarily lock, stock and barrel of his own fight yet. So it could open the doors. I mean, by the time you know people listen to this on a podcast, if they're not listening to it live... 
um, Sky might have snuck in at the 11th hour and managed to get this fight as well. But I do understand that the Saudis hold the keys to the kingdom on this one, if you can forgive the pun. Mm. You know, that they, You're forgiven. Yeah, and, and, you know, and it's going to be the, 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 the Superdome in Jeddah, and it looks like August the 20th. But I think they're still ironing out the broadcast deal because um, the Saudis have done their due diligence on the la- after the last fight and in December 2019 with Joshua and Andy Ruiz when he won back his belts. Mm. And I think they want paying for those rights. So it's not clear yet whether DAZN will have the UK rights for Joshua for the USIC fight. And that is the final um, thing I think that's got to be negotiated. So that's massive. It is. That's, big. Where, that's it is where the big. big money comes from. The yeah. international rights obviously is still big and Joshua obviously still does good good money outside of the UK, but it, it's the UK pay-per-view, right? That, that's what you want when it comes yeah, to Yeah, because there's a million people that'll pay for it. That's why. This is it, this is, right? So, if not more. If not yeah, more. You know? Strange, strange. Again, we'll, we'll talk a, a bit more about that. And hopefully, again, we get an announcement about Usyk AJ2 in the next few days. Uh, you mentioned Tyson Fury there. He was on with Simon Jordan and Jim White a bit earlier saying, look, you know, he's still retired, but, and there's always a but when it comes to Tyson Fury. And look, we all understood. I mean, everyone that you know, follows boxing. When he announced his retirement in the ring, everyone kind of just laughed because, you know, it's not really, it's not really that. If the check's correct, he would easily come out of retirement and put the gloves on. And he kind of spoke about that as well. Not surprising, Gareth. No, not at all. Um, look, we've always known that, that it's likely that he'll come back for the right fights. There's probably three fights in the locker. Maybe there's an Ngannou um, yeah. fight as well. You know, Francis Ngannou, the UFC heavyweight champion, some kind of crossover fight. But I noticed that Tyson was also... Um, japing around and saying, you know, I might have some exhibition fights against, um, you know, the likes of He said The Rock as well. The Rock, Lennox Lewis, Mike Tyson, <laughs> I think there's one other in there. You know, Frank, Bruno. Like, Frank Bruno. Frank Bruno. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was with Frank Bruno last Thursday at a, at a, at a black tie do at the Hilton, a white collar uh, event that, in which the construction industry were, were raising money for their injured and um, families bereaved by by guys who've died in the industry, being mm. either on the job or from depression or and suicide things like that. But you know, and I, I <laughs> naughtily I got Frank in the ring, and um, we were talking about him fighting any of those. You know, Joshua. What would he have done against Joshua and Fury? But look, that's just Fury throwing it out there. There's two fights there. There's Usyk, and there's there's uh, there's Joshua AJ, for him. Yeah, yeah a, a heavyweight. There's no other fights for him in this era, in my mm-hmm. view. Maybe a Dubois fight. But I think for Joshua, there's all those fights, by the way. You know, there's White again. There's Dubois. There's Joyce. There's Fury twice, maybe. Uh, there's Wilder. It, it's, you know, it's... it's if, if Fury wants to really, really define himself as the number one in the era, I'd like to see him... Um, fight Yusuk and Josh, and if he beats both of those guys, there's no question uh, in history about who really is the lineal champion. Indeed, and then you have a, a further conversation about Tyson Fury versus the greats, if you were to do that as well. All right, you're listening to Fighter Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we are going to be looking ahead to a huge light heavyweight clash between Arto Bertabiev and Joe Smith Jr. That's this weekend, and we're going to reflect on the career of Joanna Janjacic after she retired from MMA. But up next... We are talking the heavyweights and we're going to hear from Tyson Fury and we're going to talk Usyk versus AJ. 
thank goodness uh, the paperwork is taken care of and I don't have to say to you two weeks you'll hear it as early as the beginning of next week there'll be an official announcement I think that you know it's it's uh, not the best kept secret as a lot of these things are <laughs> we, we will be heading out in August to the Middle East and there'll be an official announcement as early as Monday or Tuesday of next week I'm a lot more confident this time than I was last time because he shared the ring with Alexander Usyk. There is a real sort of perception of mastery, of, you know, of wizardry about Alexander Usyk. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Myself, Adi Oladipo and the great Gareth A. Davis. All right, um, we all saw uh, the news that broke a couple of days ago that AJ has uh, terminated his deal with Sky. I say terminated his deal. He never really had a deal, but he has been on a working relationship with Sky. He's now signed exclusively uh, with DAZN. Uh, talk to us about that first, Gareth. Obviously, look, AJ has been with Sky since he turned pro, so that's, what, the best part of nine years. He's had some massive, massive fights on Sky. It's been a, a machine in terms of promoting him. Obviously, AJ, the brand AJ is big, but you think without that Sky promotion, it wouldn't be as big um, that's a difficult decision, isn't it? I mean, to say you're going to not be with the people that have got you to where they've got you to um, after, what, nine years in the sport, that's a difficult decision to make. Yeah, um, but look, he's made the right decision. He's mm. still a huge product, a huge brand. He's easy to market. He's got millions of followers. In pay-per-view terms, he's still the biggest star in the UK, yeah. even though Tyson Fury has crossed over and become a great mainstream star as well. Mm. Um, different platforms. I mean, and you have to go back to the beginning and give Anthony Joshua massive credit for bringing the revolution like five, six years ago to British boxing and, and, and stamping the authority that, you know, alongside America and maybe Mexico, uh, obviously a lot of the Eastern Europeans go and fight in, in America now and base themselves there from Golovkin to Kovalev to others to Paterbiev and all these guys, um, Bivol. Um, you know, I, in many ways, I think... Um, even though Tyson Fury stimulated himself to come back, he, he must have been stimulated by Anthony Joshua's rise, mm. um, whether he admits it or not. Um, and it's certainly, you know, this time last year, we were getting very excited, weren't we, about two fights between them before the arbitration case sent Deontay Wilder into Tyson Fury's orbit again. But um, look, the, 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 I think signing with DAZN was the right thing for Joshua. I think the writing was on the wall a year ago and Eddie Hearn went lock, sock and barrel with his matchroom stable uh, to give all the UK rights to DAZN, um, as well as the global rights. Um, they're very close, the two men. I understand it's Eddie Hearn that persuaded him to go with DAZN. They're promising him great things. Mm. Win or lose against Usyk, I understand they're going to still try and make the Fury fight um, around the World Cup in the Middle East yeah. uh, in December. Um, he's got a very difficult rematch um, against Alexander Usyk. I, I like the link up with Robert Garcia, as we've discussed on the show before. Um, and, I, and I think I'm getting the sense that Joshua is in a better place from what everyone's saying, and he's very excited about this. But the problem is there's, there's broadcast discussions, broadcast deal discussions for the UK still going on with the Saudi government, as I mentioned um, at the top of the show, and DAZN, just to finalise how they come through um, and, and, and create that deal because that DAZN deal, apparently, uh, I understand, doesn't involve this fight. This is separate um, mm. to this fight. So that's because Eddie Hearn's gone out and got this massive site fee of 120 million reportedly dollars, reportedly 92 million pounds, which means as, as well, 
that the two men are probably going to earn when all the monies are in probably around about 45 to 50 million each wow. for, for this fight. Well, Joshua earned 45 million fighting Andy Ruiz, if you recall, again, he reportedly. Yeah. Um, so it's a fascinating scenario. It looks like we're heading to Saudi for August the 20th. And all we're waiting for maybe is a press conference to make it official and who the broadcasters are. But I think the door is still slightly ajar for Sky to get this fight, believe it or not, um, as they thrash it out over the next 48, 72 hours. I expect we'll have a press conference early next week. I feel like I've been saying that for five weeks. No, no, no. Um, well, it's because we, we, we keep on getting teased with... <clears throat> you know, this and AJ sort of saying, you know, emoji eyes like coming soon and Eddie Hearn saying we're going to have an announcement. So I don't blame you for saying, because we should be every single week we feel like something's going to happen. I want to quickly get one more take on this AJ deal as well. Um, Michael Benson put up a tweet, which AJ then put up on his social media, where it says that AJ will become a shareholder, special advisor, and will join DAZN's strategic advisory board. Um, again, you don't normally see fight contracts like this. It reminds me a bit of Mbappe's deal. I know you watch a bit of football, killing Mbappe's new deal with Paris Saint-Germain. So AJ, um, almost part of the zone team behind the scenes as well now. Yeah, well, that's that's the tease, isn't it? They know his value. They know that he he's part of he's part of their key messaging in terms of creating. Um, what's it called? Is it DAZN Plus that's coming? Or it is DAZN, DAZN Plus, yep. Yeah, that's going to be, you know, they're, they're going to create a pay-per-view arm. They've realised, when, when I went to their first press conference launch in New York. They've already created it in America. Yeah, exactly. I went to that press conference launch um, uh, with Joe Markowski uh, and, and the other executives um, when they launched in New York, when they, when they had Bellator's tournaments as part of their um, platform as well. And, you know, it is, they are very guerrilla tactics, if you like. And they've realized that in boxing, they're going to have to have some pay-per-view events. That's how they're going to have to do it. People subscribe, of course, they get a month's viewing and then they decide whether they're going to stay with the platform. It's a, it's a good marketing ploy. I think having Anthony Joshua, they know he's got extreme wealth. Um, and they also know that by giving him a, a share, I think, in the company, that it's, it, that's the temptation away from Sky. So, um, you know, they've made it lucrative for him and they've made it um, very, um, um, very, very exciting for him to, to do that. And I think it's a good matchup. Him and Eddie Hearn work very well together. They're, they're close friends as well as business um, colleagues. So it's the right move at the right time. And, and I think what it shows is that in spite of his losses, in spite of the doubts that linger about Anthony Joshua at the moment, is he in limbo and all these things, that there's... Um, that, that there is still huge fuel in his tank and ambition. And it would be brilliant to see him win five out of his last seven fights or all seven fights. I think the Usyk rematch is very difficult, Addy. Um, but I think he's got to go for it. He's just got to go for it in that fight and be, and be aggressive and a, and a killer and, 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 and really enforce his size and power on, on Usyk and go out on his sword if he has to. Yeah, um, look, fingers crossed we see a good AJ performance. And if we do... And it could be Tyson Fury next. Uh, speaking of the Gypsy King, he was on with uh, Simon Jordan and Jim White a bit earlier. Let's hear from him. He said, look, I'm still 100% retired from pro boxing. Right, I'm going to tell you the truth. I am retired 100% from professional boxing. I made that very clear on the last show I did with you guys at Wembley afterwards. And I'm still adamant I am 100% retired from pro boxing. I told you so before the last fight. This will be my last fight. 
And that is my last fight. That's my last professional fight. I've retired on top of the world, undefeated, two-time heavyweight champion of the world, who's won every single belt. I'm not interested in coming back out of retirement. I only just retired eight weeks ago, seven weeks ago, how long it's been. I've not got that itchy feet straight away. If it was five years down the line, then we could maybe talk about it. Mm, interesting from Tyson Fury. There's one thing saying I'm never going to fight again. There's another thing saying I'm retired. Um, th- they're never going to fight again. Okay. The retired thing, again, you can, I think we've seen this in boxing. You could become unretired very, very quickly. Yeah. I mean, look, it's all down to what's on the table for him. And I think, um, think about it. If Joshua loses against Usyk and Fury's offered a uh, Joshua fight, massive fight in the UK, it'd be hard for him to turn down. Um, and it's a fight that many people expect him to win. Usyk's a much harder opponent, whether he wants legacy or whether he wants massive earning capacity. Um, but it's weird, isn't it, that he wants to hold on to the belts, as he was saying as well. <laughs> oh, the yeah. belt. Yeah, I'm happy you said that. Let's hear from him. This is what Tyson Fury said about vacating the WBC belt. I'm not going to give it up because, hold on a minute, I've got 12 months. I've done two mandatory back to back. I'm just keeping it as long as possible. Just in case you come back. As the third longest reigning lineal champion in history, I'll keep that in my pocket for as long as I want. I have got 12 months and I'm keeping all of my belt that I worked hard for. (laughs) As long as I can. I'm holding this division up because I own it. This is my division. (laughs) you got to love the Gypsy King. Uh, Finally, on him, um, Gareth, if AJ doesn't win, will we see Tyson Fury fight again? Yeah, I think we might. I, I, okay. look, look, he's contradicting himself there because he wants to hold on to the belt. Why would you want to hold on to the belt if you've retired? He was, he's already won the belt. You yes, know, it's, yeah. it's, it, it's just keeping his options op- open and it's a very sensible thing to do. Um, I think it's... Look, we all want AJ to win so that he's got three of the belt. There's no way on earth Fury is not fighting AJ if AJ wins. There's no way on earth because that fight's got to happen. But... He's very unpredictable, Tyson. So um, he's enjoying his time now. He went through, you know, a tough time leading up to the Dillian White fight without Dillian there. And it was a complex negotiation as well. And he was great on the night. He carried the event very well. And, you know, he's got a lot of people in his ears, um, you know, uh, about not going on too long with Paris. His wife's got six kids. He's got a family steeped in boxing uh, and fight sports who are quite influential on him as well. But the decision will come to, down to him in the end. And I, I do think we'll see him in a ring with Joshua. And I do think we'll see him in a ring with Usyk. I really do. I think we'll see two more professional boxing matches, which are heavyweight world titles. Agreed, 100%. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we are going to recap this weekend's UFC and the last fight for the great Joanna Jenjajic. But up next, we are talking a huge light heavyweight title clash this weekend between Arta Baturbiev and Joe Smith Jr. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That is a KO victory for Joe Smith Jr. There's a right lead. And then he sends him through the ropes to start round nine. Alvarez has to make his way back through the ropes, and this fight is over. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2 and myself, Adi Ladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis. Look, we've had in boxing a fantastic run of big fight after big fight after big fight. Every single weekend, you almost feel like there's an undisputed title fight, unifications, uh, guys climbing the ladder. Um, this weekend, we've got Brick versus Brick. Artem Aterbiev, um, I think the current number one uh, in the light heavyweight division takes on Joe Smith. Uh, unification fight, the winner potentially fighting Dimitri Bivol for all the marbles um, down the line. Uh, now, Gav, I don't know if you've seen this clip that's been sort of doing the, the rounds on social media. It's of Aterbiev jabbing um, a, a punch bag that's stuck to the wall. And I, I don't know if you remember... <laughs> the kickboxer movie, Jean-Claude Van Damme, stick with me. When um, his brother says, go and get ice for me, he says. And Van Damme goes against ice and he, he hears this doom, doom, doom. And it's Tong Po kicking down this concrete pillar. That's what Baturbiev's jab sounds like. So it only makes me fear for Joe Smith as to what the right hand's going to feel like. I know Joe Smith's a puncher as well, but in Baturbiev, you have a man that will make you have a gut check after gut check after gut check. And, and that's just a scary proposition for any fighter for me. Yeah, it is. Um, look, but the one thing I'd say for Joe Smith Jr. is, is I do favour Baturbiev in this fight, but Callum Johnson showed what can happen when he had Baturbiev down in, in that fight. Our own Callum Johnson from, from Lincolnshire. Um, he's got he's very heavy-handed. Um, Joe Smith has got heavy hands and, yeah. and, and loves to bang. Um, but I just feel that his style works into that tank-like kind of physicality that that Baturbiev has. I'm not sure I think, I'm, I'm not sure I truly believe that Baturbiev is the one, number one in the division. Really? You think it's I Bivol? think Bivol, well, you know, it's a bit like, I, I think I think Bivol's got more in his armory than than Baturbiev. I know he's 17 wins, 17 KOs, and he, <laughs> you know, he 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 looks like he's been hewn from granite. He looks like, <laughs> he, does, he looks like he was born from a granite cliff, doesn't he? I mean, he's unbelievable. I remember meeting him in Nuremberg um, at the final of um, 
I think it was the final of the the what semi final of the World Boxing Super Six is when when Callum Smith was boxing. I'm pretty sure it was out there. Mm. Um, and and he's not the biggest man in the world, but he's so wide. Yeah, and he's so gentle. He's a gentle guy. He's a very quiet man. But he, he, you just think, God, how do you break that down? That's it. Um, but but I do think that Bivol. We may find out. I do hope there's a unification eventually, an undisputed title. We can't overlook Joe Smith. I think Baturbiev will win this fight and he'll stop him late. Mm. It wouldn't surprise me if we have periods of war in this fight. But if he then holds three of the belts, I think the prospect of Bivol against Baturbiev is enormous, isn't it? You know, and you know, I hope we're at that, and I, I hope Talk Sports sign that fight up because it is a really big fight. But I just think Bivol's sharpness. He may, a boxer beats a puncher, okay? Mm. And Baturbiev is a puncher, but we haven't seen great, great boxing skills yet, but he might have those in him. So I think it's one of the sports insider super fights if yeah. it happens, but I'm predicting Baturbiev wins at the weekend by on points or by late stoppage. I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, no, something similar. I think he might have to come through some adversity. As you see, like Bivol, sorry, Baturbiev, apologies, can be, can be touched. I think we've seen it in the Marcus Brown fight. We saw it in the Vosdick fight. You mentioned Callum Johnson. So he can be hurt. But unfortunately, so far for all those opponents, they can't keep him down yeah. or keep him off him. He, he continued. He's, he's almost got this, this will to win and to grind you down. And so I feel like, you know, Joe Smith, we know is a big puncher. I mean, again, you mentioned uh, Baturbiev's knockout record there. Joe Smith's got a fantastic knockout record as well. But unless he can one punch detonate Baturbiev, which I don't think he can, I think it's going to be difficult work for him. So I can see him getting stopped late as well. And then hopefully we can start the sell of him versus Bivol to really determine who is the number one light heavyweight on the planet. I will say this though, before we move on, but Serbiv is 37 now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, people can get, they call, they call it getting le- getting old overnight. And if he has yeah. a war with Smith and it takes loads out of him, Bivol's got so little damage. Yeah. Tell, tell me apart from punches on his arms when you've ever seen him rocked or in trouble. You know? I can't. No, yeah, exactly, because he's a great boxer. He's brilliantly defensive. Mm. He, and he's, he's a natural... For me, he's, he's very similar. I think Baturbia probably has to boil down a little bit. And um, physically, Bivol is very similar to Anthony, uh, to Joshua Boatzi, where they walk around at maybe 190. So mm. they're not boiling down a lot during camp to, to get to 175. They are natural light heavyweights, rather like... Um, like Andre Ward was at super middleweight, you know, he fought at, I think he fought at light heavyweight in the Olympics, to be honest as well. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, he did. He fought at light heavyweight, yeah. you know? Um, so, so it's fascinating to see. Ali was light heavyweight at Olymp- in the Olympics as well, by the it's way. crazy, isn't it? 1960. In there's Rome. something to say about staying around your weight class. Oh, there's, and there's I think me and you agree on this. Said. Yeah. Like all the idea of said. almost yeah. trying to cheat weight and then almost become as a weight bully. I think yeah. there's adverse effects. And I think we've seen yeah. that in, in years as well. All right. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Next up, we're going to switch gears to MMA. We're going to talk UFC 275. And we're going to hear from Brendan Lockmain as well. this year. I want to be a mom. I want to be a businesswoman. I don't want to let this happen. And I've been training two decades, most than half of my life. I appreciate you all. I love you guys.
You're listening to Final Extra on Talk Sport 2. Myself, Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis. All right, let's talk all things UFC 275. Um, two title fights on that card. I think it went under the radar. And in a rematch of one of the best fights I've ever seen between uh, Wei Li Zhang and Joanna Janjajic. Um, I want to start with uh, the latter, if we can, first, Gareth. Um, uh, Wei Li and, and Joanna putting on, um, firstly, another fantastic fight. I mean, round six, if you like, was incredible. But in the end, uh, Wheelie, a spinning back fist, knocks out Joanna Janjajic, and she subsequently retires from the sport. Um, Adam Cattrall said something interesting on Twitter. Sorry, he typed something interesting on Twitter. He said that Ronda Rousey's obviously, if you like, was, was the catalyst for big, you know, big female fights in the UFC. Um, for me, and I'm with him, I was more of a star and a fan of Joanna Janjajic. When she came in, I thought she was absolutely incredible. Like Ronda was good for the arm bars, but in terms of just watching someone, I hadn't seen anything like Joanna before. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously she she won the um, she won the women's strawweight title, and what did she defend it about five times? Didn't yeah. she? And some amazing performances. Beautiful person, brutal, brutal Muay Thai and kickbox boxing exponent. Mm. Um, had a fantastic run all the way to 2017 you know and since then Not, she's lost nothing. five out of seven you yeah, know crazy, but yeah. but but you know i think what you could see it in joanna some of the some of the heat has gone out of her she's she's mm. she's made it she's she's grown as a woman um you know she's also um 34 now so when we were seeing her in 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 those 2015, 2017, 18 years. She was in her, you know, mid twenties. She had a long run in the UFC. Do do I think she did what Ronda Rousey? Did? I think, I think she showed just how vicious female fighters. Yes, and so it. lovely with it. You know, yeah. I think I, I think Ronda's reach was enormous. Mm. Um, I think in Europe, um, within the UFC, Joanna has become a huge star, you and a champion, as we called her, because Yandrechik uh, is so hard to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I hated writing Yandrechik. Oh, the whole time. The it, almost looks like, it almost looks like you've made a mistake when you write the surname. Yeah, it, it looks like yeah. you're drunk and you just tap whatever <laughs> yeah, piece yeah. it is, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, she, she's someone who's always known her own mind, and I think she did the right thing. Um, I love the way they were before the fight, She's not getting in. She used to be like oh red rag to a bull. She's oh. got emotional hatred for her opponents in the yeah. last few days. Yeah. Um, I just hope she's able to be the catalyst for many more young women coming into the sport. And I think mm. she will be. I think she'll go down as one of the all-time greats. I think she belongs in that pantheon now. Mm. Certainly the top 10, top six, maybe greatest female fighters of all time in MMA. 100%, 100%, it. yeah. Um, so, you know, it's a shame to see her go out in that way. But, you know, she gave her all and, um, you know, much loved, much loved. And Zhang, Weili Zhang from Kunlun, I've been to Kunlun. Um, uh, there's the stone forest in Kunlun. There's this stone forest of purple stones. It's an amazing mm. place uh, in China. Um, I think she battles on and... You know, again, she's another one. She's a massive star in 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 China, um, and we don't we don't often give that enough credit that they are massive stars in their own country. She Joanna is huge in Poland, massive. huge, yeah, huge. Like mm. you know, she's she's like Wayne Rooney. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, no, she's a superstar. You, you mentioned top six there of all time and someone that might be in that top six or knocking on the door is Van- Valentina Shevchenko, uh, the current woman flyweight champion. She beat Talia Santos by split decision. If, if I'm honest with you, it's a fight I thought she lost. I thought Talia won the first three rounds and Valentina maybe caused more damage, but I thought it was a fight that she lost and they might do it again because there was no one else for her to fight a flyweight, if I'm honest with you. So a uh, good win f- for Valentina. Maybe we've seen a style that might cause her problems. If someone can get her to the ground, she's not the best there, but regardless, she's still got the belt. Yeah, she has. And, and uh, I think you're right. And I think she will go on to be one of the... She already is one of yeah, the greatest. She is. She's yeah. extraordinary. <laughs> um, the, her athletic prowess is probably beyond measure. In fact, she's probably the most athletic, mm. um, naturally athletic women's fighter we've ever seen. If I'm, yeah. I can't think of another no, I can't one think of any other... You're, you're... Who, who's so versatile. If she'd started ground game when she was young as oh. well, she would, she'd have been unbeatable, but she yeah. won't be. Like you say... Um, Talia Santos came very close mm-hmm. to beating her, like you say, a bit of consternation, people calling it a slight controversy. Um, but she, maybe she just edged it, Valentina, um, champion's favoritism. But, but basically, um, she's still there. Like you say, there's not a lot of opponents out there. She's way ahead of her time, I think, way mm. ahead of her time. Indeed. And finally, uh, we have a new uh, UFC light heavyweight champion. That belt. Since John Jones has left the division, it's almost like a hot potato. It keeps on switching hands now. And now Jiri Prochaska has it beat the, the, the old man of UFC Glover Texaria with a submission, what, 25 seconds before the fight is supposed to end. Glover stays on his feet and doesn't get submitted. He's the, he's the reigning champion, the current champion, but he did get submitted. Glover wants a rematch. I don't think they're going to do it. I think they're going to do Prochaska versus Blahovic. Somewhere in Europe, maybe in the Czech Republic, if you saw the homecoming that Potuska received, um, he's, he's, a, he's a special fighter, really good character. And I think the UFC will hope that he can hold on to this belt for a while because I think he can do good numbers for them in Europe. Yeah, I mean, they, they need to take um, events. You know, I was involved in the past in events in Poland and, and going to press days there and different things like that. And it, it's a massive MMA country. But I was looking at the fight stats, you know, and it was a really close fight. No mm. knockdowns, significant total strikes. Glover 159, yeah, yeah, out of 212. Jiddy 157 out of 245. Significant strikes. Glover 111. Um, Jiddy 120. Five takedowns uh, out of 17 attempts for Glover. One submission attempt. Obviously, that's what happened. Yeah. Um, uh, got the, the, uh, the results, very close fight. I would watch it again. It was a fascinating MMA fight. It went everywhere. Um, but like you say, it's time to take this fight, not have it. It was in the far East in Singapore, wasn't it? It's yeah. time to have this fight in Europe. If they do the rematch, take it to Poland, take it to, yeah. take it where the people are going to be wild in a big outdoor stadium with 5,000 people, you know? That's but I think a rematch see. is there if they want it. Yeah, it, it is there and it's an easy sell as well. Uh, just before we, we wrap, Gareth, I know you've been speaking to Brendan Lochnane. Um, he travels to Atlanta uh, to fight in the PFL. W- when is that fight? That's uh, a week on Friday. It's on Channel 4. They put it in, in prime time, by the way, 11 p.m. next Friday on Channel 4. It's, the funny thing is about Brendan, he's been in tough. He was in the UFC Contender Series. He's fought all over the place. I think he's top three in Europe, you know? Mm. Um, he's certainly top three in the UK. 
um, very experienced, massive featherweight. Um, I've, you know, I've been doing a documentary on him uh, as well for the, the Professional Fighters League and for Ch Channel 4 and ESPN. And he, he's an amazing character. He's the million-dollar man from Manchester. And, and this is what he said about popping over to Atlanta, Georgia this week for the playoffs. Great opponent, Boston Salmon, Southport, tenacious, comes to fight. Um, you know, it's really good. We're on a good time in England this time on 11 o'clock Friday night, summertime. You know, you can't miss it. So on, yeah, channel, four, on channel four. Yeah. Mate, you couldn't write the script any better. And then we're off to London. Um, so you're in Manchester. When do you leave and how much time do you need to acclimatise in Atlanta, Georgia? I'm getting off Thursday morning, 10 o'clock with my coach. Um, that gives us eight days. Last time I came about 11 um, from Dubai and I swear, Gareth, if I was on the time zone within two hours, I was literally sleeping on their time. So, yeah, I, I accustomed really well to the times and, uh, yeah, get on their time and get ready. That's it. You're not far away now, three fights from being the million-dollar man from Manchester. I mean, I met with you and Ricky Hatton last week. It was an amazing time to see you guys together for an hour in his gym. Real connection between two fighters and two Mancunians. Um, first of all, you know, how much does it drive you on? Not just the money, because I know, you know, that you're driven to fight anyway, but to have the money, to be around Ricky, to have this kind of build-up, what does it mean to you? Well, do you know what, Gareth? When you sorted that day out, I was thinking, oh, Ricky, and yeah, it'd be cool, but it meant a lot more to me than you'll ever even imagine, really. Once I got there and he started telling me the old stories and this and that and started telling me about the Manchester crowds, mate, it lit a fire up my ass. I left that gym feeling reinvigorated and then one of my other friends who's a pretty famous DJ was performing at Park Life this weekend and I went with him to that just to feel the roar again. There was, I don't know, there must have been five, six thousand manks going crazy in there as well and I think coming home was the best decision I ever made. I've just really fed off the energy and the vibe and the positivity around here. I love it, mate. Who's the DJ? Salado is called. Okay, lovely. Brilliant. So that would have been brilliant. I mean, witnessing you and Ricky together for me, though, was it brought back memories of him in, in his pomp and traveling to America. And I could see, like you just said, it, it you guys just took off together. Then you went in the ring together and he's on the pads and he's getting excited and you know, about talking about Southpaw and movement and you just taking a few minutes to get your rhythm with him. It was really brilliant to watch. Really brilliant. It was an incredible rapport that we had. It was like... You did. could see a young version of himself, I think, Gareth, and he could see the struggles that he's gone through and I brought it out in him, I think. And uh, I don't know, it was a weird connection, mate. I felt what you felt that day and still... You know, he likes almost stuff on Instagram and like, I think we've built a friend for life there, Gareth. And wow, very special. Yeah, great to hear from Brendan Lochnane. Uh, we're going to be playing out more of that interview next week as we uh, build up to his big fight on the weekend. Uh, Gareth, as always, thank you, my man. Uh, we crammed a lot in uh, to that show, but it's been a fantastic show. Uh, thank you so much for listening in. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for downloading our Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're back every single Tuesday for more great content. And if you miss us, make sure you subscribe to Fight Night to catch up on all our other episodes. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 